Guys, it is good to be with you. I'm excited. Uh, we are finishing our study in Daniel today. And uh, we have gone through every single chapter of Daniel. We haven't tried to hide from any of the difficult stuff. We're not hiding from the difficult stuff this morning. Uh, this is the Word of God. And as people of God, we need to know the Word of God so we can be prepared. And so uh, this morning, we're going to wrap up uh, this, this great book of Daniel. And, and before we do, I'm going to ask that you would join me in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father, um, thank you for loving us. Uh, God, oh, thank you for meeting with us. And thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son Jesus that we could be with you, right? Emmanuel, God with us. And so, God, you came to be with us, and then you came to die in our place, and then you conquered death so that we could too. And then you ascended into heaven, and you sent your Spirit so that we could all experience uh, you every time we gather in your name. And, and we're just so grateful for all that you've done for us. And so as we enter into this season, and we, we call this kind of secular holiday Thanksgiving, as your people, we want to make sure we give you thanks for all that you have done for us. Holy Spirit, we want to pause this morning as we do in this church every Sunday, and we want to recognize that you are the teacher of this church. And so, Holy Spirit, we want to invite you to come and take your place at our pulpit, and that you would teach all of us the things of Jesus from the inside out, that as the disciples on the road to Emmaus, our hearts might burn with passion as we come to a new understanding of this Jesus. No matter where we've come from, no matter what we've done, may we all have a genuine encounter with you today, Jesus, that changes us forever. We ask all these things in your holy, powerful, and precious name. All God's people said, Amen. <clears throat> Any chance of a warm beverage? Is that possible? Okay, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll trade this out when that happens. <clears throat> All right, guys, Daniel chapter 12. Uh, now, I saw you last week as we walked through Daniel 11, all right? We, and, and we've read every verse of Daniel. I saw you struggling along with me last week as we read Daniel 11, and you're like, how long is this chapter? Uh, not going to happen this morning, okay? This is the short, condensed version. We get to Daniel chapter 12, just 13 verses, and the Word of God says this. It says, at that time... Michael, the great prince who stands to watch over you. Now remember, Gabriel is speaking to Daniel. Angel Gabriel is speaking here. We've got these words recorded. Gabriel says, at that time. What time are we talking about? Remember last week, we ended with the Antichrist had come, and he's kind of prepared himself. He's about to get his butt whooped. That's where we were. That's where we left off. Antichrist, about to get a whooping. Uh, end of times. This is what we're talking about. So it says, at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands watch over your people. Uh, we believe Michael is the archangel uh, that looks over the people of God. It says, he is going to rise up. And there will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since nations came into being until that time. So distress up until this time, distress like there has never been in the history of the world. All right? Gabriel ain't pulling any punches. He just, Daniel, this is how it's going to be. But, it's a big but, but. At that time, all of your people who are found written in the book will escape. 
Many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life and some to disgrace and to eternal contempt. Those who have insight will shine like the bright expanse of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, keep these words secret and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam about and knowledge will increase. Okay, now... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to this in a second. I'm going to hit the pause button. Uh, many people have asked, well, why did Daniel record these things if Gabriel told him to seal them up? And so here's the, the best guess we have. That what Daniel has given us is the stuff he's allowed to give us, but there was another book that Daniel wrote that was sealed up. And it was sealed up for when? Well, at the very end. And when you get to Revelation, you find that an angel appears to John, and in his hand is a little book. And then John takes that little book, uh, he's, it says, and he eats it. And it is sweet to his mouth, but very bitter to his stomach. And the thought is that that little book that the angel brings is, is these things. And then what you have expanded in the book of Revelation, I believe from 11 on, is, is all of these things that God had revealed to Daniel then are revealed to John because now it's appropriate to share these things, okay? That's the best guess we have. I'm not telling you, you, you've got different opinions. I'm just telling you, that's the best scholarly guess we have. It says, now, verse 5, we're shifting gears. So Gabriel was talking, we're back to Daniel. Then I, Daniel, looked, and two others were standing there on, on this bank of the river, and, and one uh, on the other bank. And, and one of them said to the man dressed in linen who was above the water of the river. Um, I don't know. Jesus walks on water. I'm just, just saying. He dressed in linen. Last time we met a guy in linen with a gold belt, we said that's probably the pre-incarnate Christ. It says, uh, they said to the man who was above the water of the river, how long until the end of these wondrous things? And then I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the water of the river. He raised both of his hands towards heaven and he swore by him who lives eternally that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people is shattered, all these things will be completed. We had thrown out the the time period, three and a half years of tribulation uh, earlier and just just time, time, and half times and just kind of be be thinking uh, about those kind of things. <clears throat> Remember that was the 77s and half of seven, three and a half. Okay, just helping you guys along. Uh, and it says, uh, when the power of the holy people is shattered, all of these things will be completed. Um, I heard but did not understand. So I asked my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? And he said, ready? Go on your way. Answered prayer. I asked and he answered out of here. You've got enough. Let's go on your way, Daniel. For the words are secret and they're sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked are going to act wickedly. None of those wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. From the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Happy is the one who waits and reaches 1,335 days. But as for you, go on your way to the end. You will rest, and then you will stand to receive your allotted inheritance at the end of days. Uh, 1,290 days, Jewish calendar. They counted 30 days a month. 
Uh, that gives you three and a half years plus a month. I don't know what the extra month is for. Do not even, oh, you're the best. It's very hot. Don't drink it right now. Yeah, I'm still that kid that when somebody tells me not to do something, I kind of want to do it. <clears throat> it just feels good. Um, I'm sorry that you all don't have a warm drink right now, but there is coffee back in the fellowship hall for after the service. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm, that's hot. <clears throat> I just got the steam, didn't even get the liquid. Uh, so, what does all that mean? 1,260 days, 1,335 days, what does it all mean? And uh, let me just share with you kind of what I shared with you when we got into the 77s and all the rulers and what things are going to look like in the future. At this point, we're all guessing. And anybody that tells you that they're not guessing is lying. Everybody's guessing, okay? Everybody's guessing about what they think it means. And so, uh, again, our goal kind of throughout this study was not to talk about what we thought it might mean, but rather to talk about what we know the text means. And so I want to focus on the things that we know that this text calls us to. And here's the first thing that we know uh, that the text calls us to. And let me give you a background before I give you the first slide. Ready? Last week, we talked about the plans of God. If you weren't here, chapter 11, plans of God, right? And we said, listen, God is in control of all human history. We've learned that through the book of Daniel. God makes kings raise up. He destroys them. Like, that's God. That's, that's not the power of man. That's God's hand working. I mean, this is revelation, right? And so the curtain's been pulled back on all of history, and now we're kind of freaking out because we realize that God is actually the one orchestrating everything that happens in the world, and he's doing it for reasons that we can't understand. And so, so God's in control, and then the second thing we learned was that not only is God in control, but he has a plan, which makes it better because you can have power, but it's a different thing to have a plan. And so God is not just in control, but he has a plan. He, he, he's working towards this ultimate culmination when his son returns and sets all things right. So that's kind of going on. And then we learn that part of his plan is suffering, suffering. And that flies in the face of everything that we want to believe about God. God is our father. God loves us. He never wants anything bad to happen to us. Well, that's bad parenting. It just is. Right? Because my kids need to understand that they have to fail at some things to learn that you don't get things handed to you, that you got to work. It builds their character. It changes them. It makes them better. And so parents with young ones, let me just encourage you. It's okay to let your kid fail and let them fall. And it's okay if they don't get the trophy. Right? It is okay. That's an okay culture to build up in people because it makes us better. And so God, part of his plan is that his children will suffer. And we looked at that. We just suffer for a while, but that suffering leads to perseverance. And that perseverance to godliness and that godliness to character. And we become more like Christ, which is the aim, right? So God is in control, right? God has a plan. That plan involves suffering. But that plan, we ended... uh, ends in victory for his kids. And we talked about those four R's, rescue, redemption, resurrection, and reign. And so with that in mind now, let's wrap up the final thoughts about Daniel as he talks about that end of times, okay? And so four things for you this morning, very quickly. Number one is you need to know, according to Daniel, the tribulation will be worse than we can imagine, all right? 
I'm not trying to pull any punches with you. We're not trying to sugarcoat things. Don't want you to, to walk away just thinking, oh, well, good, the end's going to come, and it's glory, and it's going to be great. And, uh, and listen to me, we, we started the study. I told you, I'm not here to tell you that you have to be a pre-trib person or a mid-trib person or a post-trib person. That's not my job. Uh, the Holy Spirit will lead you into ways uh, that, that you can understand uh, the Scripture, but, but I'm just here to tell you that the Bible says there's a tribulation, and it's going to be really, 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 really bad. Really bad. So the, the very final chapter of Daniel chapter 12 Um, Gabriel says these words to Daniel in verse 1. He says, There will be a time of distress such as has never occurred since nations came into being until that time. Okay, now now think through this. This is Daniel who has, uh, his homeland has been conquered and he has been taken away into captivity. Okay, so, so people he loved were killed, okay, were massacred even. He was taken away as a slave, as a piece of property. He was basically put in prison um, because of his knowledge, and, and, then, and then he was brainwashed. Okay, this, this is Dan. So Gabriel's going, Dan, listen to me. I know that you think you've been through the ringer. Right? I, I know that you think your people have seen the worst of it, but he's already laid out for him. That Daniel, I've already told you, that's not the worst of it. The worst of it's come. You've got, you've got this little horn that's going to raise up, this guy named Antiochus Epiphanes. We find out who he is, and then he is really going to demolish your people. That's coming, right? But he's like, get this. That won't even be the worst of it, Daniel. The thing that is coming, it's, it's, almost, it, it's almost hard to speak about how bad it's going to be. So we're going to extrapolate that um, and move that forward through history. So, so if tribulation is worse than all the persecution that they faced under Antiochus Epiphanes, that means that the tribulation is also going to be worse than the persecution that the people of God will face under Nero in AD 70. It means that uh, the, the period of tribulation will be worse than anything that the Jews faced under Hitler in World War II, okay? It, 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 I mean, and you just pick your time. For, you want to go to the Reformation and how all the saints were, were burned at the stake for trying to translate the Word of God and make it every, like, like yep, you know, worse than that. And so the Bible says, like, whatever you could come up with in your head, Whatever, that's what Gabriel said, whatever you could imagine, Daniel, of how bad you think it's going to be, I want to tell you, it's going to be way worse. It's going to be way, way worse. Okay, so we just need to know that that is what the Word of God says. And this is one of the reasons that people don't like to study Daniel or Revelation, but it is a truth that we cannot escape, Right? It's scary stuff, but it has to be said. A great time of tribulation is coming, and it'll be way worse than anything that we can imagine. All right, so that's the bad news. Welcome to church. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. In advance, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Time's coming when it's going to be bad. Okay, I'm not talking about your Thanksgiving dinner with your family either, by the way. That's not... It's not some of you are like, I've got to endure some things this weekend. No, that's not what I mean. Um, so that's the bad news. Great time of tribulation coming. It'll be worse than anything we can imagine. Here's the good news. Ready? God will save his people. Okay. God will save his people. And so I want you to see this great promise of scripture. It's our great hope. It's actually found in the very same verse that we get the worst news we could ever get. So we get the worst news, time's coming, it's worse than you can imagine, it's going to be horrible, like it's going to be terrible. In the very same verse, we find God's redemption. 
right? We find God's grace. We find God's love. And, and, and so here it is. Uh, the tribulation is going to be worse than you can imagine. Okay, but, same verse, verse 1. But, at that time, all your people, okay? Not, now notice, it doesn't end with that. It doesn't say just all your people. Okay, I just, I just want to love you. There's some people that have translated this. Uh, that, that, that have, um, that I say translate, there's some people that have interpreted this text to mean some things that I, I think they're off, okay? Some, some people think that they, they act like this next part's not there, but here, here's what it says. It says, all your people who are found written in the book will escape, okay? It's not saying that all your people are written in the book. It's saying all your people who are written in the book are going to escape, and, and so I just need you to know Christ, Christ is, is he's the answer, right? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Like, like you've got to have faith in the coming Messiah. So, so I'm not one of those. It's like, oh, yeah, and everyone will be saved just because. No, like, like listen, hear me. It says, it says, at that time, all of your people who are found written in the book of life are, are going to be saved. And, and literally, what, what does that mean? So does that mean rapture? Because that's what some people want that to mean. It means rapture. That means that, that this, is, this is proof that there's a rapture before the tribulation. So this is proof of what it means. Uh, other people will say, no, absolutely not. People of God are going to have to endure it. And then after they go through this period of time, then uh, they're going to be with Jesus. And some people are like, well, somewhere in there, uh, in the middle of the tribulation, and then the rapture comes. And then, like, like listen, I, there have been, been books upon books upon books upon books written about this subject. And none of those books agree with one another. So we have to talk about what do, do we know this means? We know this is talking about salvation. We know it, that God is going to save his children. That's the point, right? Everyone whose name is in the book, all whose name are found in the book, that's the book of life, all of those people will be saved. It means that no one whose name is in the book of life can be lost. Just think about that for a second. No one whose name is in the book of life can be lost. No one can die, ready, even if they die. Isn't that what Jesus said? You remember John 11? His really good friend Lazarus had died. Jesus heard that he was dying, so he waited a couple days. This is what good friends do. So the glory of God might be revealed. And so he goes back to Bethany, and when he arrives at Bethany, of course, Martha and Mary are in a tizzy, and Martha comes out and gives him a lecture, and then Mary comes along and gives him another lecture, an emotional, if you had just been here, Lord, and Jesus is like, dude, don't you remember who I am? And he says plainly, I am the resurrection and the life. That's who I am, right? And, and then he says this, the one who believes in me, ready? Even if he dies, he says. This is, a, this is a quote from John eleven twenty five. 25. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, he's saying like, he, he died, right? The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. So I just want you to know, when you start thinking about the end times, and you think about how difficult it will be, and I know that some of us want to be rescued from all pain and suffering in the world, uh, that's not the Bible I read. But the promise of God is that if we know Jesus, that even if we die, we live. The promise is not that we'll never suffer. The promise is not that we'll never die. 
The promise is that even if we die, we will live. And that's why it's called the book of life. Not the book of death. Because death cannot hold what Christ has done for us. Isn't that awesome? If your name is in the book of life, Satan cannot snatch you from the hand of God. Death cannot hold you. Listen, tribulation will be bad, unimaginably bad. People, even God's people, will die. But all those written in the Lamb's book of life will escape death even if they die. Got it? Okay. All right, first two points. Third point. It's a little Bible trivia for you. Some of you may not know this one. Ready? Everyone gets resurrected. What? Yeah, everybody. Everybody gets resurrected. Some to eternal glory and others to disgrace. Show of hands, how many of you, when you think about resurrection, you only think about the saints? Come on. That's it. The rest of you knew everybody got resurrected? Bible thumpers. Um, lying. You're lying in church and Jesus is watching, right? Um, when we talk about the resurrection, we do, we're thinking about us. We're thinking about, yeah, I'm going to resurrection. I'm going to get a resurrection body. Jesus and I, y'all know, we're already having conversations about my, but I just, like, like that's how we think about, we think about the resurrection, we just think about us, but the Bible clearly, like all throughout scripture says that everyone is getting resurrected. Everyone is going to get resurrected. Some will be resurrected into glory and others resurrected to disgrace. And Jesus taught about this as well. He taught about a great judgment in which all uh, people who have ever lived will be separated into uh, two camps, sheep and goats, right? Jesus talked about this. It's, it's everlasting glory in the presence of God for believers and it's disgrace and eternal judgment for those that have not accepted Christ. Okay, so here's what it says clearly, verse 2. It's not just for believers. Many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life, some to disgrace, and eternal contempt. And I just want you to think about that verse for a second. That means that every single person you come into contact with, I'm going to slow down here and emphasize this, means that every single person you come into contact with is an eternal being. Kind of let, like, like, listen, all you know what's about to break loose post-Thanksgiving. You guys know what I'm talking This is the holiday. It's the holiday season. Time to cut people off as we go to the store. It's the holiday season. Time to fight over Barbies and whatever the toys. It's the holiday. Like, it's coming. Like all the craziness is about to ensue and somebody's going to tick you off and there's going to be a long line and Amazon's not going to ship on time even though they said that they would and it's not going to arrive and there's going to be an opportunity for you to forget that the person that you were speaking to, whether they are in India on a service call or here in the United States of America, face to face, there's going to be an opportunity for you to forget that that person that you are speaking to is an eternal being created by God. And that you can have some form of influence on where they might spend that eternity. 
C.S. Lewis, and I know that's weighty. I'm actually going to quote C.S. Lewis from his book, The Weight of Glory. See, it's weighty, weight of glory. All right. And here's what he says about all this. I love it. He says, it's a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. To remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature, that's, that's a good typo, um, which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship or else a horror and a corruption as such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. Like, listen, today who you come into contact with, like one day they're either going to be so glorious that you'd be tempted to worship them or they'd be so horrendous that it'd be like something you would think of in a nightmare, right? He says, all day long we are in some degree helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. It is immortals whom we Joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Everyone will be resurrected. It's every single person I come into contact with, I need to think of as an immortal being. That's crazy. That's crazy. It changes things. It changes the way we look at things, hopefully. So, last point. Last point. Daniel chapter 12. Last point of the whole series. Ready? All right, here we go. God has not revealed when all this will happen, but he has told us what we're supposed to do in the meantime. All right? So when you read the book of Daniel, the last uh, six chapters, or you read the book of Revelation, the question that everyone asks is the same question that Daniel asked, uh, Lord, when, when, when's all this going down, right? I want to know when. I, I want to be prepared. I want to have my family prepared. I want my loved ones to know, Jesus. when is this going to happen? And uh, if you guys don't believe that Daniel said that, just uh, let's read verse 8 through 13 real quick. Uh, and, and Daniel speaking, he says, I, I, I heard, but I didn't understand. So I asked my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? Now, now one of the angels has already asked Jesus, when's all this going to go down? Right? And, and, and Jesus kind of makes this promise, hey, there's this three and a half years of tribulation. Uh, but, but now Daniel is saying, well, well listen, my Lord, what is going to be the outcome of these things? And, and, uh, and he says to Daniel, go on your way, Daniel, for the words are secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many are going to be purified, cleansed, and refined. Now, now listen, uh, it says, happy is the one who waits, blah, 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 verse 13. But as for you, again, go on your way to the end. You say, but Daniel didn't ask why. He said, what is the outcome? That's what verse 8 says. I think I got it on the screen. My Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? The only problem is that, that what will be the outcome is actually a phrase in Hebrew. and doesn't really mean what. That's a poor translation. It is a phrase that speaks about timing. Okay? It's a phrase that refers to time. What Daniel is asking is when. Okay, so God, when is this going down? Like, I know the angel already asked you, but uh, excuse me, I don't understand, so I'm just going to ask one more time. When is this happening? And I love God's response. Go. It's his response. But when's it going to happen, Lord? And his response is, well, just go. 
But, but God, when's it going to happen? I got to know. I got to know when it's going to happen. God's like, no, you don't. Just go, Daniel, and be faithful. Go on your way. Listen, we have a lot of that same spirit in us that Daniel had in him. And we want to know, God, when is this going to happen? And do you know what? It, it's funny. Jesus actually basically said the same thing to us that he said to Daniel. Matthew 28, 18, he says, go. So go. But Jesus, when, when is this going to happen? Like, like, listen, you've already died on the cross, and, and now you're saying you're going to go to heaven, but when are you coming back? When is it going to happen? And Jesus says to the disciples, that's us, he says, go. Just go on your way. And in fact, it says, as you're going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'll always be with you to the very end of the age. The end is coming, but I'm not going to tell you when. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Go. Go and be faithful in what I've told you to do, Daniel. See, we always wonder, how do we fit into the story? You know how you fit into the story of Daniel? Right here. Chapter 12, verse 8. Go. You're not going to know the end or the hour, Jesus said. You're not. Here's what you can know. You have a job to do until it comes. Friends, I, I love you. I'm just going to say this as a fellow believer. Um, I don't know about you. I, I do a lot of things. I do a lot of things. I'm a, a very busy person. I'm not as busy about that as I need to be, amen? God, when are you coming back? God, when are you gonna take away all this hurt? God, when are you gonna restore all things? God, when are you gonna do away with this sin? God, when, when's it coming? And God says, hey, I'm in control. Here's my plan. It involves you doing what you have to do. Guys, we gotta get to work. I, 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 don't, I don't know a better way to say it. We just got to get to work. He is coming back. He will redeem and restore all things. But in the meantime, he's called us to be faithful. Okay? So what do we do with that? With the book of Daniel as we close our study? Uh, I'll give you a little bit of homework this week. Number one, um, I would challenge you to be prepared. I think the last six chapters of Daniel tell you, tell you, you, need, to, you need to know these things. There is an end coming. There, there is a trip. Tribulation ain't going to be fun. I pray, uh, you know, those, those, those pre-trib folks, Lord, let them be right, right? But man, you better be prepared just in case. You better be prepared. You better know that life is going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. You, you, you better know that to be a, a person that follows God, you're going, to, you're going to suffer in this world. That's part of the package. You have to know. So you got to be prepared for what's coming. Otherwise, you're going to be so deeply disappointed that you're not even going to know. You're going to question whether or not God exists because you, you didn't actually understand the gospel was a gospel of suffering. You thought it was a gospel of prosperity. And in the times where you suffer, you're going to wonder, God, where are you? God, why are you? We need to be prepared. Okay, that's number one. Number two, we need to rest assured. Okay? Uh, I, 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 this, listen, it, church is made up of all kinds of people. And so uh, I've got some uh, that I love and refer to as my doomsday preppers. And uh, they only study the book of Revelation in their spare time. And, uh, and so a lot of times, I mean, I get an email, hey, did you see that in the news? I wonder if this is that. And like, man, they're in it. They're in it to win it as far as Revelation is concerned, right? Woo! Um, and and so part of that, I believe, I'm just going to be honest, I think part of that is a little fear-driven. 
Okay? And maybe this whole, whole series has is, is been about faith in the face of fear. And so maybe the stuff we've talked about the last six weeks has just kind of freaked you out. Just being honest. I mean, you may be one of those believers, like, I don't want to read Revelation and hear about bowls of wrath being poured. That freaks me out. And it's okay to, I think some of this should freak us out a little bit, but in the midst of all that, we need to rest assured that God is in control and everyone whose name is in the book of life will be saved. They cannot be lost. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. There's there's no eraser in the Lamb's book of life. There's There's no like scratching out. If your name is there, you are saved. And God says, no matter what happens to you, no matter what happens to your body, Jesus warns us, they're going to they're kill you. Like that could happen. No matter what, even if you die, you will live. Amen? Okay. So act like that. Amen? Especially to my American Christian brothers, next election, right? Act like that. Rest assured, God is in control. Right? I don't have to freak out. I don't have to try to cheat. It's okay. All right, here we go. Number three. Understand the weight of eternity, all right? And I, I think the, the timing is just great as we enter into the holiday season and people are going to go crazy over things that don't matter, um, that rust and moth will destroy. Uh, as we enter into this season, would we remember this? Because, man, I'll just, I'll be honest, it's just, the, some of it's not even the stress of buying stuff, it's the stress of the people I'm going to open the stuff with, um, <laughs> be in the car driving, like, like, then when the person cuts me off, I'm just thinking, oh, there's a fiery lake of sulfur you're going to drive into one day. Um, and it's not, it's not a good Jesus-like thought. And uh, I have to be reminded of the weight of eternity. Every person I come into contact with, even the people that I would try to dismiss in my flesh, every single one of those people is an immortal being. They're an eternal being. God created them for eternity. And all of us, every person you know, is going to be resurrected one day. And we have this little sphere of influence where the Lord gets to use us in that, okay? Now listen, I'm not trying to jack with the sovereignty of God. I'm just saying in God's sovereign plan, he has chosen us to be his mouthpiece and to be his hands and to be his feet, Every person I come into contact with, I can't have immediate disdain for, I can't write off, because that person is an immortal being. That person is created for eternity, all right? It's got to change my perspective. And lastly, uh, is we have to go. (laughs) We got to go. When, God? When? When's it going to happen? God lovingly told us, just go to work. Just go to work. Christians, I love you. Um, it's a great season to go to work. Man, it really, really is. We're going to try to help you here uh, this Christmas season, get a little bit of work done. And the way we're going to do that is uh, we want you, uh, it's Christmas, right? So we want you to invite people to join us here to uh, figure out what Christmas is really all about. And so in the midst of uh, the crazy stuff of the holidays, and uh, we do some crazy stuff, we like crazy stuff. How many of you are going to watch, how many of you have already started watching Christmas movies, be honest?
And how many of you are, are already listening to the Christmas playlist? Awesome. How many of you already started the Christmas shopping? Does anybody have any gifts wrapped yet? You guys are the sick ones, you know. Like, listen, all of those were symptoms, but you got the full-on cold. Uh, in, in this season... It is really, really easy to get caught up in all the stuff. Um, you're going to see some videos. We've got our first Christmas video coming out this week, uh, our staff, and uh, it's going to be fun. And uh, we're going to play on some of your favorite Christmas movies. We kind of had a, had a, and some of them you uh, are going to say, that's not a Christmas movie, or uh, I'm not sure. And uh, that's okay, but check out our video. So what we're doing is uh, we're, we're kind of talking about the fact that we have made Christmas about a lot of things that it's not. And that those things are okay. It's okay to sit around and watch Christmas movies and, and, and shopping. All, all that stuff is okay. But ultimately, that's not what Christmas is about. And so we want to encourage families to have that family time, to, to watch movies, do all that other stuff. But above and beyond that stuff, more importantly, we want, to, um, we want families to, every night during Advent, we want families to kind of gather around the Word of God and remember what Christmas is really all about. So this is just a little Advent devotional, and what we're going to do is every single person that you invite to church, for every family, um, for every roof that comes through the doors, we're going to give away this book. And uh, it's a great little book uh, by Paul David Tripp. It's called Come Let Us Adore Him, and uh, it's just a devotional. It's got like three pages that you read together with your family, and it's got like two or three questions that you ask. And we're talking about 10 minutes of time every night, um, to carve out, I know it's a big ask for some, and you say, um, well, I'm, I'm alone. You know, my family lives somewhere else. So you, you take it and you, you read it with a friend, right? And just, just call them. Talk, talk, talk to somebody in your small group about these questions each night. And the goal is to focus on what Christmas is really, really all about. And uh, we want to help you in that. And so as I tell you to go, right, and, 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 and to help make disciples, I want to tell you, we're going to try to equip you to... Uh, to help in that process. And so every, every family you invite um, to Christmas, and we're going to try to have a copy of that book available for that household that they could focus about on uh, what Christmas is really all about. The other way you can help us is um, these videos, no matter how bad they are. And I'm going to tell you, I have a feeling some of them are going to be bad, okay? No matter how bad they are, we're going to ask you to share them. And, uh, and that, that, that's our advertising budget uh, this year for Christmas. And so we're going to ask you to share the videos. Uh, we've got a little hashtag that we'll throw out there for you guys that, that know what a hashtag is. Uh, it used to be called the pound sign. Uh, Okay, just in case you were wondering, just wanted to break that down for you. But uh, we, we, we're excited, and, uh, and you can help us out with those things, okay? Pray with me this morning, if you don't mind. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, we are excited about the season that we're entering into, but we're also excited, I pray, about the season that we're, we're exiting. And that's a season from a deep study of your word in the book of Daniel. And God, there's many things that we learn there in that great book. And one of the things that we learn is that you're in control of history and that you're working towards a culmination, that there'll be difficulty, but in spite of that difficulty, that you will save your people and that we have a job to do in the meantime. God, let us be about that job. Let us be about that task. Let us give ourselves fully to that, Jesus. In your name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.